Welcome to the Circuit of Success. Back again with another great guest. Tony Castillo is with us. Tony, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Brett? I am great, man. It's uh, good to be with you. You're down in Florida, so it's a little warmer probably. We, yeah. we, for some reason, we cannot get this warm weather to stick around here. So it's in the mid-50s to low 60s, I think, today. So, But we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited. And since we mentioned before this, you went to go watch a spring training game this year, right? I did. I went to see a little uh, St. Louis Cardinals. We're not doing so hot right now, though. <laughs> well, how do you feel about the pitch clock? That's been the big thing this year, right? It is. You know what, man? I like it. It, it uh, The hey. game we went to, it went pretty quick. And it's, you know, it's like my attention span for going three and a half, four hours at a baseball game anymore just, you know, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. So I like it. I think it's going to be good. And it's funny when you see some of these guys get called on it, right? And they get a strike yeah. against them and nothing's even happened or vice versa, a ball, but... It, uh, I think it's neat. I think it's great for the game, don't you? Oh, I absolutely loved it. I remember when I was working in ball, a lot of the players had challenges with it. And from a nutrition standpoint, it's how do we keep them fueled because it's a lot quicker? And how do oh, we yeah. stop them from being injured? Because now you have someone pitching a lot faster than he was, and you have someone batting a lot faster than they were previous. So it's yeah. really like you have to lock into the game. So some of the challenges we heard about it, but I absolutely love it. It helped make the game go way faster. Yeah. I went to one with my brother-in-law, and as you said, I think we're two hours in. He's like, oh, my gosh, we're already – through middle of yeah. the sixth yeah like, it flies by it, it's funny so when we were yeah. sitting there i said hey the ownership of all these teams are going to have to figure this out because you know they're going to want to sell beer longer because you know it used to be it was three and a half hours <laughs> we had to stop in the seventh inning well now yeah. the seventh inning maybe only two hours right so yeah. you're losing an hour of beer sales which that's millions of dollars probably at, by the end of the year so it looks like some of the teams are, are making a change and not waiting until the seventh inning to shut her down anymore they're going they're going a little longer but that's all right. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that, but that's so true. <laughs> yeah, right. They got to make that money and they got to pay those salaries. That's right. And you got to sell the beer because that's the highest ticket item they got. Exactly. Best $12, $15 you can spend in the whole stadium. So, <laughs> well, listen, man, you are elite sports and performance. You're an elite sport and uh, performance dietitian. And, um, and you worked with the Blue Jays uh, for what, a, a couple right. years in, in baseball and the University of Florida. Um, and so, uh, again, an elite nutrition expert, you specialize in sports nutrition and, and helping athletes and business leaders all over the country, uh, really live their best life is the way I would say it, right. Is how to optimize uh, the things that they're doing. And so we can all be better. So I think our listeners will like that because we've had a lot of performance people on here before, but we're all like-minded, you know, hard charging folks, no matter what we do for a living. And so it's good to see how can we work at our peak performance. So you ready to chat about that? Oh, Brett, I am so stoked, especially after listening to a couple of years. And I mentioned this prior, you know, what you do with the first 90 minutes of your day, like you have in your journal and F to the sixth power. Like those are just things that I talk about with my clients, but I love to hear how some of those things cross paths, right? Because one F you forgot is food. So you might need to change Ooh, it to F to the seventh F power. F to the seventh power. <laughs> That's a good point. I guess I put that in my, and shame on me for that. I put that into my fitness type, you know, because it just yeah. happened to be where uh, the F worked there. But but you're right, man, because that's some really, really important stuff. And, uh, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? Absolutely. And yeah. we can even just dive right in, right? Talking about garbage in, coming out, we're talking about supplements. But we're also talking about the food we put in and how we're brought up, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been on the golf course and someone's grabbing a Gatorade. Do they really need a Gatorade at that time? Or what should they be having? Right. These are just some of the simple conversations talking about with some of the business leaders I've worked with. Like, yeah. should they be having something like a, a lower sugar product versus that full sugar Gatorade, which is for someone who's running a marathon? And as much as I love golf, even if you're walking and not taking the cart, you probably don't need that full sugar yeah. Gatorade. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. You're not losing that much that you got to replenish. Right. You know, it's funny you say so. I, um, I don't even know where I saw this, but somebody interviewed Tiger Woods and they said, what's, What's one piece of advice that you would have for the amateur golfer out there, right? And I'm thinking he's going to say something about the drive or the putting or chipping, whatever it may be. And he said, I would focus, if I could do anything, I would make sure I focus to eat on about every third hole, you know? And so it's crazy, that little thing I have found that does actually keep me in the game. So I keep, you know, little snacks or an orange or whatever it may be in my bag. And I do find that. And so then it also then carried that into the business life right? Having those little baby snacks throughout the day, having my water here in this amazing cup that my son made in his ceramics class in high school. Cheers to Drew. Oh, that's awesome. Um, 
but that stuff matters, right? So, so walk us through if you can. I want to, and we'll go back in a little bit to what's helped uh, make you the man you are today, which is the way I normally start. But walk us through some of the no miss habits that we need to to do day in day out uh, to live our best life uh, as business leaders and in family leaders. Well, even go back to what you just mentioned, Brett. What do you eat on the third hole when you are golfing? I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah, so I do like a uh, like peanut, um, sunflower seed, raisin, little little piece of chocolate mix. I love that stuff. It's yeah. got a little bit of everything, you know. And so I'll do that. And then uh, I I don't know. They call them cuties at our grocery store, like the yep. little like tangerines or whatever they are. Uh, I'll carry two or three of those in the bag. Um, so I'll just do that. I'll have a couple bags of the the peanut mix thing, and then I'll have a couple two, three, four cuties throughout the day, and then I have a lot of uh, a lot of water. Oh. Brett, I love it. One of the big things I talk about is hydrate or dihydrate. So we'll jump into that. But when we're talking about, let's just talk about golf and then at work, as you mentioned. But when we're talking about golf, when I was at the University of Florida, as you know, in Florida, there's a lot of golf courses. We had a really good golf team. (laughs) And working with business leaders, golf is something that we talk about. So I always want to find snacks that you don't get your hands dirty. Because I don't know about you, but if you saw Tiger Mm. Woods licking his hands on screen, you'd be like, what is he doing? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I always think of things such as fruit, as you mentioned, those cuties. I also like bananas because you can just peel them and eat them and not get your hands dirty. The same thing even with an apple. I also like beef jerky. It's a nice source of protein to help that muscle building going on. And it's very easy for you to rip and you can eat it versus having to stick your hand in anything, right? Mm. So just what are things that you can have that are portable that are not going to get your hands all sticky? And even I've worked with players where they even have sandwiches, pretzels. It really depends on what their goal is. And the reason I say pretzels because we talk about electrolytes. It's hot outside. And the the four main electrolytes we lose are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and chloride. And it's in that order. And many Hmm. sports beverages out there, they start with potassium. One thing I always hear with business leaders is they're like, well, I'm trying to stay natural, Tony, so I'm going to drink coconut water. Unfortunately, coconut water is dehydrating you because it's full of potassium and it has no sodium. So when we have too much potassium, if you know anyone out there that is taking a, a medication to lower blood pressure, it's most typically high in potassium because it attaches to that sodium so that you urinate it out. So if you're someone who drinks coconut water, you definitely want to add sodium. So that means adding salts to it. And I know that sounds a little weird, but it's the best way to actually stay hydrated. And you don't even know how many dietitians I've had to say that message to, because when you don't work in that performance side, you don't understand what happens inside the body. So talking with business leaders, they're talking all day, they're moving all day, they're making moves, and they're breathing. And when you breathe out, we're losing the sodium, potassium, magnesium, and chloride. Hmm. So we tend to have them have those either low sugar sports drinks or find a way to get those sodium, potassium, magnesium, and chloride in their way to eat, right? So going back to that golfer, that's why you have pretzels with salt, right? So that eating every third hole is something I truly believe in, whether we're on the field or on the boardroom or trying to build our business, right? So pretzels are good. Oh, it depends on what we're doing. So pretzels are good because they're that quick source of carbohydrate or energy that gets us through. So if you have a meeting that you want to go to and you're looking for a quick pick-me-up, I'd rather you choose that pretzel, which has the salt or the sodium that'll yeah. maintain water inside so we have that better performance, better mental clarity. Because typically if we are dehydrated, our mental performance drops from anywhere from 7 to 10%. And then you want mm. the carbs that'll keep, keep give you that energy you need right before that meeting. So I was like having that as a good snack. And then I always like to pair it with protein. And as we were just talking about a moment ago, every third hole, a good rule of thumb I like to mention is eating protein every three to four hours. Because okay. there is a muscle building switch you have in your body, Brett, and it's called mTOR. It's lowercase m, then all capital T-O-R. And it gets turned on and off every three to four hours. And the way it gets turned on is when you have a palm of protein. So that's anywhere between 20 to 30 grams of protein, depending on the size of your palm, <laughs> just as a good yeah. metric. Don't use your your wife's palm. Don't use one of your four kids' palms, all right? (laughs) Make sure you use your palm, Brett. (laughs) And you want to keep that muscle building switch on. And what they showed in the studies, Brett, is that after 16 weeks, the people that ate protein every three to four hours versus having an unequal protein distribution, which is the standard American diet. So to put it to you this way, let's say someone has an egg for breakfast. They might have a chicken breast for lunch, and then dinner they might have a nice steak. Well, you have an unequal, unequal protein distribution. So what happens is that muscle building switch never got turned on till the nighttime versus those that had it uh, equated throughout the day. They actually built 10% more muscle after 16 weeks. And I know that sounds crazy because that sounds like almost a steroid like level, but yeah. that's what the research showed. And uh, as much, I, I don't and like to make And that's by doing up. what? 
eating that's probably doing what? three to four hours. Okay, okay. I thought you meant they, but the morning, noon, and night. You're saying it's just there's too much gap in between those. Is that is that true? Gap and quantity, because one okay. egg doesn't have anywhere near twenty to thirty grams of protein. So what do you get if you're what do you, what are you eating? And uh, let's say it's my three hours is up right now, which it probably would be close to that. Um, what what should I be eating if I don't have time to make an egg? Or you know I don't have a kitchen here in my office, right, or our studio here. So what what what's a what's a form of stuff that I can have laying around the office to get my twenty to thirty grams? Love this. Are you a sweet or savory snacker, Brett? Oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> I like a piece of chocolate with caramel. Oh, okay. Do you like, all right, there's two things that come up in my head immediately, but do you happen to like Greek yogurt? No. No. Sorry, Perfect. Greek yogurt That's fans. Fine. I do not. I'll toss it out the window. There's this drink. It is called Core Power. Uh, you can get them at most stores and you can keep that in your office. And the reason I like it is because it is not a supplement. It is actually made from milk and it's shelf stable. And it's what we use at the pros. Now, why am I shearing away from supplements? When we talk about a supplement, there's two things I really want us to think about. Is it third-party certified? Which So third-party certification, so there's two websites. Yep. One is called NSF for Sport, and the other one is Informed Choice. So that tells us what's on the label is in the bottle, and what's in the bottle has no banned substances. So there was okay. someone I was working with. We sent a sleep supplement to this third-party certification. And Brett, what do you think they found in the sleep supplement? Probably something that would allow me not to play Major League Baseball. Methamphetamines. So I don't know what your experience is with methamphetamines. Hopefully none. None. But, uh, <laughs> none. Yeah. It keeps you awake. So think about that. Why would you take a sleep supplement to keep you awake? Anyways, back to the snack I'd recommend. That's why I want to stay away from those supplemental drinks, which we see at the grocery store, because those protein powders that they put in there could have a banned substance. And yes, you're not getting tested, but everyone I work with, I like to treat them like that elite athlete. And I don't want them taking anything that might have things that they've also found is cocaine, right? Again, Ooh. I don't yeah. want you having that in your system because you don't need it. You're not using it for that tool, whatever that may be. So we want to stay away if it's not NSF or sport certified or informed choice. So snacks, that core power, it actually comes from milk and it's shelf stable, meaning that you can just have it at room temperature. However, I definitely recommend you chill it because it just tastes a little bit better. So that yeah. is, what are some of your go-to, or if you like any, protein bars? Dude, I, I literally don't do anything like that. I mean, I go, I, uh, and this is one of the things I want to chat about today too, is you can, you can, I could have 10 people like you on there or, or go to Google and ask 10 different questions, right? And I'm going to get 10 different answers. And that's why I was looking forward to our conversation because this is what you do for a living all day, every day. But it, you know, and I didn't do this because of any reason, but I've always been like what they call an intermittent fasting. I didn't, I just did it because of nerves as a, you know, growing up, but now it just has become a habit. But so I'll eat dinner at, you know, whenever I can before or after a game for my kids. And then I won't eat again until lunchtime. And then, so again, that's from what I hear, I'm not getting them every three to four hours, my protein. Uh, and maybe, maybe I should, and I'll hit the golf ball a little bit further, but, um, so I don't have those snacks. I mean, I'm this boring guy that goes and I'll have, you know, like, uh, and if I do have my, uh, my morning breakfast, it'll be like some wheatgrass that I get from a, from a guy that I know, right? Some wheatgrass or, or a green juice. And then that's it. And then I'll eat my lunch and then uh, water throughout the day. And then I'll probably have one of those, the bags of nuts, raisins, and chocolates on the, on the way I leave the office. I usually eat it on the way home and then I'll eat dinner tonight. And then that's it. Like I'm not a snacker. I don't sit around and eat power bars all day. I don't eat snacks. I don't, you know, sit down and grab some chips. I just, I don't do that. And, and so, um, I don't know why, but I just, I just don't. Well, Brett, you sound like many of the people that I've worked with where they come to me and they fast. And the research on fasting is this, it can improve testosterone. If you do it once a week, if you do it every day for long periods of time, it has actually been shown to decrease testosterone levels in the long term. Hmm. So if we're looking for more mental clarity, the first thing you do is eat more. And then a very simple analogy I love using, Brett. Let's say you're going to drive down and visit me. You're, we're gonna, I'm going to invite you to a spring training game, and I'm going to give you the options of two cars, Brett. The first car is completely full of gas, and I give you a key to it. The second one is completely empty, and I still give you a key, but you have to push it down. Which one are you taking to visit me? Yeah, the gas. The gas, right? So, so many people do this fasting because they think it's just easier because you don't have time. My goal is to help you find what are some of those quick and easy hits that you can eat if you do have time, right? And when you don't have time. So, you could easily do, let's say, oatmeal with some sort of protein powder in it. 
That's a great way to get carbs and a great way to get protein, right? That's just an easy, simple way. And I promise you, Brett, it doesn't take more than two minutes. I've right. even done a challenge where I lined up a bunch of baseball players and I had to make PB and J's. And when I made it a competition, they made 25 PB and J's in a minute. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone has a couple seconds to make That's right. worse a PB and J. <laughs> I like it. That's true. Absolutely. And we always go fault like, oh, we don't have enough time. Well, what are we prioritizing? Are you prior prioritizing being your best self? Are you prioritizing being the best self, not only for your family, but for the people you work with? So many, so many entrepreneurs I've worked with and small business owners, one of the first things they tell me two to three weeks in is that their wife says, you're not grumpy anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> you're not grumpy anymore? Well, it's because they start eating. And they didn't notice this, but their spouses notice it, that they come home grumpy because they just want dinner. Uh, they, wow. they haven't had anything to eat all day. And then they go do, as you said, their kids' events. Imagine, you've just taken an empty car, you filled it up once, worked, and then you've gone to see your kids' event where you've literally had no more fuel. So now you're pushing your car, pushing your body, and things will make you crankier quicker, and you don't even yeah. notice it. And people think that's just dad normally versus what's dad look like when he feels his best? It's not just looking your best, which is part of it too, Brett. I'm not going to lie here and say aesthetics are not a piece of this. Right. But what happens when you feel your best? And sometimes we lie to ourselves because we don't have enough time and we hear that fasting works. I'm here to tell you fasting can work in the short term, but it's not a long-term nor sustainable approach to being your best self per research. Now, things can change, Brett. I'm open to it. I'm open if research comes right. out. <laughs> But it does make sense. And you hear that, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And then you've got all the people that research that say fasting is the best thing you can do since sliced bread, you know. And so, so again, you got the, you called it the core power drink. What else am I putting around the office, sitting around in my, you know, my desk or something like that, my table, so I can, uh, I can get my protein in, but I don't have time to make the eggs, the chicken, and the steak. So if you don't have time to make eggs, they sell hard-boiled eggs that you can keep in your fridge and you can Yeah, I'm not doing that either. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I'd rather you be right. honest with me, Brett. Right. right? I love problem solving. And I shouldn't say that. Our listeners will probably do that. But for me to, to, to buy hard-boiled eggs in a, in a grocery store or a gas station sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, what about beef jerky? That's always one of my I, favorites. I'll do that. I can buy some beef jerky. Beef jerky is probably one of my easiest ones to keep at the office because it doesn't go bad. Some other options, which I bet you don't like, but I'm going to say it anyways. Cottage cheese. Okay. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's, hey, Brett. I'm My dad you loves this. cottage cheese, but I, yeah, no, not me. <laughs> I'm with you 100% on that one. That's a tough one. Uh, I, even, I But I like to give the options. Yes. That way let's you do have it. something to think about. Uh, another one is tuna packets. I, okay. Again, a lot of people don't like that nope. because of the smell. <laughs> yeah. I'm striking out here, Tony. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, don't strike out. This is just an area of opportunity that we can look at what are some other options. Now, one thing um, I meant to ask you, so do you use any sort of supplements? I do not. I, I do um, a vitamin D, uh, uh, you know, like a pill for vitamin D. I, my blood work says I'm a little low on vitamin D. So I do that. I do some fish oil and uh, I do a multivitamin. That's it. I do that, and then I wake up every day, and I eat like some sort of chicken and French fries. Terrible, I know. Try to throw in a salad most of the time, but it's usually you – know, today I, I went to this place here in town. I won't name the name in case we go and say how bad this is for my diet, but I had a a uh, buffalo chicken sandwich and order of fries. You know, hey. yesterday, yesterday I had a burger and a salad. Yep. Well, I love that decision you made yesterday, and I love yep. the decision you made today because we also have to go back, Brett – that sometimes what we grew up eating, we've been told we can't have. And a lot of people see that as their culture being an obstacle versus it being an asset. And this is where the foods you love, how do we fit them in and keep them? Because that's how we make the sustainable diet plan, right? Without that, nothing will work. You will keep going to the drawing board because we're not figuring out a plan that works for you. We're figuring out a plan that just works for someone else. So that's one thing I've seen that's been a big barrier. Mm. Now, back to the snack dilemma. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to let you go unless we, we okay. come up with at least three snacks. So one, we said the core power that was you. Yeah. Beef jerky was the second one. That's right. Trail mix. I like. But here's uh, people say peanuts and peanut butter are full of protein. But you would need eight tablespoons of peanut butter to get the amount of protein you need to make a true impact on that muscle building, wow. which we were talking about earlier. Now, Brett, I'm, that's I'm a sure lot of peanut need... butter. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of peanut butter. 
So for sure, we definitely want you to do have those two options. Now, here's some other ones on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them out. Uh, deli meat. Yeah. String cheese. No. <laughs> no. All right. Hey, see, I, I got to throw them out, right? <laughs> um, and then the rest are the ones I mentioned earlier. Those are the ones that come off the yeah. top of my head that I have on this list. So. Hey, deli meat. But this is good. Most people listening to this are probably not as picky as I am. So they've got something already. They've got a nugget. But I I do think having a good source of some, uh, you know, almonds, whatever it may be, pistachios, things like that, uh, it's it's probably better for you than not eating. uh, I I agree. And then, but the the uh, the beef jerky and the and the uh, core power, I can get behind. And I'm a boring guy, so I can just you know edit, copy, edit, paste every day. I I can eat the same thing all the time. Doesn't doesn't bother me. Brett, you sound like a lot of the people I work with. You are not picky. You just know what you like, and that's important, right? Yeah. And being able to have it, because you said you have another location down here. So what I always like to tell people I work with, order a case and just leave it at that office. That way mm. there is no excuse, right? Yeah. It's there, and as I said, they're shelf-stable, meaning that they can get warm. We want them cold, but that way when you get to that office, you can just throw them in that fridge, and if not, you have some under, under your desk that you can just yeah. pop in. So do you think the beef jerky you see like at grocery stores, like is that not even grocery stores? I'm sorry, but like at a gas station, you know, you see like there's a whole wall, like side wall of beef jerkies. Like, are those healthy? Are those, you know, I always wonder like, what in the hell do they actually put in all that stuff? So then it like makes me not eat it because I'm thinking I'm probably getting worse stuff, even though the package says real big, you know, 40 grams of protein or whatever. And so uh, we go, there's our website for find out what beef jerky is safe or what do you recommend? What kind? I like the 137 rule. So the 137 rule is when you have one ounce of protein, you want it to be under three grams of fat and over seven grams of protein. Okay? So I'm sorry, so one what, ounce of protein, three grams of what? Under three grams of fat and over seven grams of protein. So when we have one ounce of beef or beef jerky, you want to make sure it has under three grams of fat and over seven grams of protein. All right, so every, for every ounce of protein, it needs to have seven grams of protein, of protein yes. and then th- less than three grams of fat. Correct. So of if fat. you look at a beef jerky, it should say that right on the back because they label it by ounce or two ounce. So if it's a two ounce serving, then that means it needs to be under okay. six and under four and above yeah. 14. Okay. Yeah. Very simple math. <laughs> I like that though. So See, I, the, the those are good nuggets that, to take away that when I'm in the grocery store or listeners in the grocery store, they can say, okay, the one, three, seven rule and look at that and say, that one's better than that one. And then from a health standpoint and preservatives and all that stuff, like how do we know that it's a quote unquote clean beef jerky? If there is such a thing. Yeah. So we, we want to look for the, the minimal ingredients. That's really it. And that's going to be tough right? Yep. If you can get someone that can make beef jerky locally and you can find it. So typically when I go in a, grass, a gas station, sometimes you'll see like a local beef jerky and that's typically going to be the best option because it's the closest made to you. You're closest to, to that farmer where that was well cut and dried yeah. <laughs> versus something that's made. Now, if you're in a, in a food desert or a place you can't reach that, then just go for really any beef jerky that's out there that has that one, three, seven rule and has the least amount of ingredients. Right. Okay. Because they might put a lot of added sugars that you may not need. Yeah. I'd rather you get something okay. with less added sugars because you don't need that extra energy. Going back to that Gatorade we were talking about earlier. Most people don't need that extra energy to push you through. Right. So what so let's talk about that. So that's good. All that stuff is great. We've got our snacks now. But what, what are the things that we need to be doing for the mind? Because I think the food's important. The mind is obviously really important. How do you marry those two together in your world? So let's just talk about something I like to call the carb to fiber ratio. Okay. So when we're talking about carbs, it has a bad rap, right? People always want to demonize carbs, especially most recently with some of the bigger diets we hear out there. So this is called the carb to fiber ratio. So I want you to imagine we have two cars. We have a Lamborghini and we have a Toyota Corolla. If we put premium gas in Lamborghini, it's going to run really well. Now, Brett, what happens when we put regular gas in that Lamborghini? It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, over time, it's going to uh, not do as well, perform at its best. Absolutely. Now, in the Corolla, what happens when we put premium gas in it? Not much changes, I wouldn't think. It may, it may run better. a little bit more, uh, yeah. more performance, but, but not <laughs> as much because it's a Corolla versus a Lambo. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But it will get a little bit more miles per gallon. So yeah. uh, I've driven a Corolla in the past, so I have nothing against them. But we always know we're probably going to put that regular gas in. When we're talking about our bodies, we want to put that premium fuel in. 
So when we're talking about that premium fuelin, I'm going to talk about that carb to fiber ratio. So when you look at any sort of carbohydrate product, so that's going to be rice, bread, any sort of grain, even chips, you want to take the total amounts of carbohydrates, so the grams of carbohydrates, and divide it by the total grams of fiber. So one of my favorite examples to use, and you might have heard of this product, Brett, it is Special K. Have you ever heard of it? I have. Yes, it's probably one of the most well-known quote-unquote diet foods out there. Now, if you look at their carb to fiber ratio, it's somewhere about 30 to 1. So I haven't even told you what the parameters are. The parameters of the carb to fiber ratio is you want it to be 5 to 1 or less, right? Mm. So anything that's 10 to 1 and above means it's a regular carb, meaning you're going to get a boost in energy, but also a crash in energy. It's going to do the same to your blood sugar. So that energy spike and that energy crash where you might have is when you're eating some of these regular carbohydrates. The premium carbohydrates will give you sustained energy throughout the day and will also monitor your hunger and your energy. So you want anything five to one or less. So that special K, when pe they had this two-week diet that people were doing and they always felt lulls and highs of energy, it's because there was no fiber to sustain it. So it helped the mind if it has more fiber. And because of that, you'd have brain fog doing these two-week diets. So what are some products that actually have that carb to fiber ratio? One of my favorites is the Dave's Killer Bread. Those definitely have some of those. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, <laughs> let me just clarify right. that. Uh, now, some other products that I really like are those, if you're someone who likes chips, the Siete chips. They actually have a really good carb to fiber ratio if you are looking for something like that as a salty snacker. And then, of course, any fruits, vegetables, and whole grains will typically fit that range. But I always like to say it's always good to check, right? So anything 5 to 1 or less is something you want to reach for. And it's been shown that you can have that steady state energy. And when I was working in baseball, I had a strength coach say, so you're saying if I have a Snickers and a Metamucil, my energy is going to be sustained. You always get the call. You know what I'm saying, Brett? Well, right. I don't know if you've heard of these continuous glucose monitors, but it's to monitor your blood sugars. And I wore one for three months, Brett, and I tried it out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to test out his theory. So I had a Snickers and a Metamucil. And what do you think happened? I would say you crashed, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not intelligent enough to figure this out, but I would say you probably crashed uh, even though they were quote unquote hit the, hit the numbers. I actually didn't. I actually sustained my energy, but it was not a snack that I want to recommend because no one should be pairing Metamucil right. with, a, with a Snickers bar. But what it did show me is that having that fruit, which would be fiber, having some sort of fiber source in there is really going to be helpful to maintaining hmm. those blood sugar levels. And using this carb to fiber ratio that I just shared with you is something that people can use today, the people listening to this they can use it and go in the grocery store and see any of the options they have or any gas station, as you mentioned, Brett, they could go in and they can use this carb. Now, remember, this is only for carbohydrate products. This does not count for things such as fats or proteins, which some people will send me, oh, what about nuts? I love nuts, but that is a fat versus a carbohydrate product. Okay. So that carb to fiber ratio will help you with your mind because now we're not having those peaks and valleys. We're getting that steady energy throughout the day because we're getting enough fiber throughout the day. Yeah. And not only that, Brett, the gut brain axis. We keep hearing about gut health and how important gut health is. And we hear about all these supplements coming out, right? If we don't eat enough carbohydrates, 95% of the serotonin or that happy happy uh, neurotransmitter that we have in our, in our gut is made yeah. from carbohydrates. So when we restrict carbohydrates, we're literally restricting our happiness. So that's why I love spaghetti then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right? And there are some good carb to fiber, fiber spaghetti brands that I've worked with Italians, and they told me this is actually pretty good. One of them is called Bonza Pasta, uh, and it has Bonza. a really good carb to fiber ratio. Yes. Bonza Pasta. Writing it down. Yeah. There, Writing you you got to let me know how you, if you like it or not. I will. I will. Um, so what about, what was my thought just going to be? So the... Um, so, I mean, how, how are you on the standpoint of like for literally peak performance and which is what we want, right? People listening to podcasts usually want that. But at the same time, we have our guilty pleasures of like today, again, my, my buffalo chicken and my fries and, and, and how much, how important is it to, to, to decrease that? Obviously, the, the, you know, zero would be great and perfect maybe, but, but realistically, how much can we maintain peak performance and still have a subpar diet long term? And I think that's me for 22 years, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but when I I, as, I'm aging, right? as I'm aging, as I'm aging, what do we need to be thinking about? So we always want to make sure we focus on protein. But to give you numbers, because the people listening, I'm, such as yourself, are numbers people. Yes. 
we always hear the 80-20 rule, but how does that actually apply to meals? If we think about how many meals we have, which are breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's 21 meals. So 17 of those meals need to be in line with what your goals are, with the other four being whatever you want. Now, if you have a high point of competition, now when I say competition, it could be for an athlete or someone like yourself. Let's say you have a very important deal that you're, you're closing or something's going on. That's when you want to be 95-5. That means you are 95% compliant with a 5% wiggle room. There should always be wiggle room because if not, it could lead to that binge restrict guilt cycle, which we yeah. want to avoid. So for you to have a buffalo chicken sandwich with some french fries, I don't know if that fits in your 5% or your 20%. But the important part is it hopefully fits in those percentages because anything over that is when we start to see non-compliance or we start to see the, the drop in performance. Got it. Okay, so 17 of my 21 meals need to be the, on the healthy side of how we would define healthy based on my goals. Yes, and I think a great way to, to do that is the plate method, which is something I teach uh, to the people I work with. So it is one palm of protein, as we were mentioning earlier, your palm, the same thickness and the same size, not counting your fingers. You want to have one fist of carbohydrates and you want to have two fists of fruits and vegetables combined. That is the plate model you should be looking for about 80% of the time with the other 20% really being whatever you enjoy. So one palm of protein. So I eat chicken, turkey, whatever, where I'm getting my protein and one fist of carbohydrates carbs. Okay. So that's going to be the breads, pastas, um, potatoes. Those are the things that click in my mind first. Yep. Okay. 80% of meals. That's right. Okay. Good news is I like fruit. <laughs> what about veggies? <laughs> yeah, well, I got, I got a love hate relationship with them, but, but I'll, I'll eat some asparagus. I'll eat some broccoli. And, uh, that's about to the extent of my, uh, some peppers. I'll eat some peppers. Uh, but that's about the extent of my uh, relationship with veggies. I get Brett, mine from, uh, what's that? That's a much better relationship than most people I've worked with. Okay. I, but you know, what's crazy is I don't like, but I love like green juice. Like I love green juice in the morning. Like for not, you know, it has a bunch of kale in it and lemon and apple and whatever else they've got in it, uh, where I buy it. And it's, uh, it's amazing. I love it. And I feel like that's probably pretty good for me. At least in my mind it is. Do you want the real answer? No. Cause you're going to tell me it's not good for me. Well, Brett, just going back to that carb to fiber ratio, I want yeah. you to look at what that green juice's carbohydrate to fiber ratio is. Ugh. So what do I do instead of my green juice? No, no, no. You can have the green juice. I'm not negating the fact, <laughs> right? So that's that carb source. So that's going to give you energy. So I'd yeah. love for you to add some sort of protein in it because as we're aging, Brett, we might okay. hear that people at the older age group, they typically fall and break their hips, not because they've lost balance because of something mentally, but it's because they're losing muscle mass. They don't have that core strength anymore. And that's because mm. we typically tend to stop eating as more protein as we age. And protein is what helps keep muscle on and that muscle building switch I was mentioning earlier, right? Yeah. So if we're looking at that longevity piece, how can we add a protein to that green juice? What's something that you, not, you don't have to add it in it, but what could you have next to it or Yeah, so I eat even as simple as that beef jerky, you know, getting some good beef jerky that's clean and in the morning I'm having some grass-fed beef jerky and my green juice you'd like that. Or if I did a little avocado toast with some sort of maybe almond butter or peanut butter with some avocado on top and, and, and that with my green juice, is that all right? Yeah, that's beautiful. And okay. real quick on grass-fed beef, all beef is grass-fed except for the last one to three months where they might be fed some sort of grain. And I learned this because I went to go talk to Adelman and do this for a living. And I thought that was very interesting because we're all fed yeah. this data on grass fed, but it's typically the last one to three months that they might change what's being fed. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to talk to my father-in-law. That's where I get my beef is, uh, you know, the Williams <laughs> farm over there in Southern Illinois. So hopefully he's Ask doing him, the right love job to hear. for me. I've only been eating it for 25 years almost. So, um, <laughs> So talk to us about uh, alcohol. Like, uh, you know, this isn't a question for me. I'm sure somebody's writing in right now as we're speaking. They want to know. So we've got we got beer, we've got wine, we've got tequila, we got vodka, and we got bourbon. Okay, is any one yeah. quote unquote better for us than the other? I always like to ask Brett, what are your goals? So if we are talking about someone trying to optimize fat loss and build muscle mass and help with that peak performance. I want you to think about in your house, if we have a leaky faucet and a fire, 
Which one will you attend to first? The leaky faucet or the fire? The fire. The fire. So anytime we drink alcohol, it's like there's a fire in the house. Look, I drink alcohol, Brett, so let me be clear. I'm a big bourbon fan myself, and I know what happens. So, yeah. <laughs> so what happens is the body's going to try to get rid of that alcohol as quickly as possible. It's going to try to put out that fire because losing body fat and increasing muscle mass is like that leaky faucet. It's going to be the last thing the body's going to want to do or attend to. So alcohol, it actually depletes our muscle glycogen. So in our muscles, we have these storages of carbohydrates, which is called glycogen. So when we drink alcohol, it actually reduces those stores by 50%. So if someone drinks and they wake up the next day to do some sort of workout, you will feel much more tired. And the other thing with alcohol, it actually increases our cortisol or stress hormone. So anytime mm -hmm. someone has a nightcap, it's actually probably one of the worst things you can do for bed because it's going to increase that stress hormone, right. meaning you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and go pee and you might not be able to fall back asleep. And it's because of that cortisol being raised. And typically after a night of drinking that next day, you probably want to nap in the middle of the day. And that's because you were never truly able to get that deep sleep. Got it. Okay. So uh, favorite bourbon, what is it? Oh, it is the Blanton's straight from the barrel. Mm, what about stuff. you? I like Blanton's, but I'm a big, I like Weller. I like Weller. I think oh. the best, my favorite story in bourbon is, is horse soldier. And I'm dying. I just got a bottle, a bottle autographed by one of those guys. Are you familiar with the horse soldier? That's uh, the one story? out of um, St. Pete. Is it not? There is, there's, they have a, a horse soldier restaurant there. Yeah. They, yeah. they make it up here in Kentucky. Um, but do you know the story? No, what's the story? So that you know, the thirteen horsemen that rode in uh, to the mill, like in the um, to Afghanistan, started the war yeah. after September 11th. So I think it was four of those guys when they were done with their military service, they started a bourbon company and they called it Horse Soldier because they came in on the horses, right? And they sourced. Uh, and I'm not an expert on this, so I'm, I'm going off of what I've learned and read and, and watched YouTube video on. But they sourced the steel to you know you got to make your bottle formation, right? So every bottle was made in steel that came from the World Trade Centers on September 11th. It's unbelievable. Wow. So every single bottle that you touch has touched the World Trade Centers. It gives me chills uh, just thinking about Whoa. that. So it was pretty cool. My wife's cousin got to go meet one of the colonels uh, that's one of the four guys that made it and you know got to meet him and get an autographed bottle and all that stuff. But I just think that's awesome, man, for our country and what they've done. And, and so now to have that bourbon story, I think every bourbon's, you know, there's a lot of bourbons that are great. I just love the story behind it. I did not know that. What a great story. And I, yeah. I felt some chills as you were telling me. I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. I want to go buy it to just show respect. Like, thanks for right? what they did. Yeah. yeah. So they've got three different kinds. You know, they get the, you know, the lower price, the medium. And, the, you know, they're 52, maybe 72 and 92 or something like that bucks. And uh, they're all phenomenal. All great stuff. So uh, anyway, we could talk bourbon. That's a whole nother podcast. Maybe we'll create the Tony and Brett <laughs> bourbon show or something. Um, I love that. We could talk about pappies. I'll bring them out. Exactly. I like it. Um, so talk to us about exercise. Obviously, you being a nutritionist type stuff or dietitian, I should say. Um, but exercise is critically important with our food intake. So for you, are you focused on strength, like weight training, uh, flexibility, mobility, cardio, like where does that fall in those, what I would call the big three? I always say, what can you do for the longest amount of time? A lot of people now have been going towards pickleball, actually, that I've seen. Mm -hmm. They found yeah. it to be very enjoyable. And I found that a lot of people I've been working with are getting more injured from it because they're not used to those explosive movements in that short distance. Yeah. So it's always taking care of the body because the body's constantly breaking down. So real quick, I think I would say whatever you can do long-term, but they show that strength training is probably one of the best ones and I'd be an advocate for. However, yeah. I am more about personalization, meaning what do you like to do for the long-term? What do you actually yeah. enjoy doing? Not, hey, you should go run a marathon because that's what's going to help. It's like, well, what's going to keep you longer is what you can do the longest and enjoy doing. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So yeah. how do we... Um... We probably talked about some of this stuff, but some of the notes I, I wrote down is uh, what, what are the most common dietary deficiencies uh, that, that you see out there and how do we address those? So you mentioned earlier because in the you're background. taking them. Yeah, my daughter just came home from school. <laughs> she really wants to see her dad. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. You can tell her to come in and say hi. I've got four kids. Yep. I know what it's like. All right. Hold uh, on. Yeah. Let me see if she wants to come in. All right. Give me a second. Amaya, you want to come say hi? We're gonna get a new uh, a new podcast guest here. Yeah, how's uh, she? What? She oh, she bumped her head. Amaya, uh -oh. you want to come say hi? 
no? She's like, no, dad, I do yeah, not. She's like, she just bumped her head. Oh, well. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's uh, Well, hopefully she's okay, and I'm sure mommy will be out there fixing yeah. that. And she wants mommy more than you anyway right now. So. That's the way it goes, Brett. We know how it goes as much. And my wife That's is right. pregnant with number two, so and it's a boy. Oh, congrats. So I, need, I need some tips from you. Thank you. All right. What to do. Because this one is, awesome. is a girl, so I'm excited for a boy. That's exciting. Well, congratulations. So, yeah, so Thanks. the dietary deficiencies, how do we address them? Yes, yeah, so you spoke about vitamin D. You spoke about fish oils. So two questions I have for you. You said you did taste, test your vitamin D, and that'd be one of the supplements I would highly recommend, but you have to test it first. So there's three different levels. We have 20 and below, which means you are deficient and you're not having enough. So you definitely want to supplement with that. Anything 20 to 30 is insufficient. And what we found is that most doctors think 30 and above is okay. But in the sports and performance world and what we're seeing in longevity, it's actually 40 and above you want it to be at. That's where oh, that wow. key vitamin D is at. And that's where research is actually gearing towards. And then with fish oils, there's a few things you should look at. So we spoke about that third-party certification. But Brett, you also want to make sure the EPA and the DHA, which is on the back of the bottle, add up to as much of the total omega-3s there are in it. Why EPA is that? and EPH, is what you said? EPA and DHA. DHA, okay. Yes, because you might find at your gas station or local pharmacy a buy one get one free x fish oil and you might buy it thinking oh this i'm getting a deal on it but it may have a total of a thousand milligrams of omega-3s and it only have 200 epa and dha combined that means you have 800 milligrams of garbage of crap okay so if it's a if it's a i'm making this up because i don't even know what the numbers would be so if it's a thousand omega-3s i need the epa and the dha to have 500 each or whatever the closest 700 300 yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay. That means and I'm the sure most- the source I get it from, these guys are the real deal. So it, um, I'm sure mine is perfectly fine, but I will definitely ch- check it when I get home tomorrow. Or Please tomorrow, double tonight. check. And especially because yeah. you told me you eat chicken and turkey, I didn't hear a lot of fish. And being in the Midwest, fish can be difficult to get in source, and people yeah. probably don't like it. So there's no. actually a test out there called the Omega Index. And what you can do, it, it's just like a finger prick, and you drop three bloods. It's about $50, and you can order it online. And what this does, it, it tells us, I think it's called the Omega Quant, the, the company, again, not sponsored, just really wanted to push the right information out yeah. there. You can test it. And because you want to find that Omega-3 to Omega-6 level ratio you have, you want it to be 8% and above. And the standard American diet is 4% and below. And the reason it is like that, it's because a lot of the processed foods we eat and the lack of Omega-3s we actually get from our food. So what does this cause? In the long term, it can cause heart disease, that brain dysfunction, because we use a lot of those omega-3s in our brain. So why is this important? How can we test it using that omega quant test? And then how we can change it is by making sure we get high quality fish oil and also trying to eat fish three to four times a week. And that simple test, it gives us almost a four-month picture of how your red blood cells have been using those omega-3s. And that's Hmm. how it comes up with that. That's why you poke your finger and you drop it on there. So anytime yeah. I work with someone where they, t- they tell me they, they feel inflamed, I like to have them actually do this test because this will give us the numbers as an inflammation marker. And when they say they have family genetics of heart disease, this will also give me a gauge on things we can work on to help with their longevity and not just their right now performance. Okay. And so let's speak, while we're talking about longevity, let's spend some more time on that. Other things that uh, to aid in being that. My, my goal in life is, there's a lot of goals in life, but one of them is to live well into my 90s and play golf on my 100th birthday. Okay, so if you're around, we can go golfing. My 100th birthday will be November 14th of whatever year that will be. Um, and so um, what can we do to prolong and, and age well and live well into our 90s? One thing we want to do is make sure we eat mostly plants. So eating okay. those fruits and vegetables give us that fiber and it's been shown to keep us around longer, right? We also want to make sure we continue with that protein threshold. So we should be having about 1.6 grams per kilogram. I know I keep pushing protein, but that's how we keep muscle on. And one other supplement we didn't touch base on. Say that again for the, everybody else understood that, but I'm slow. So for every 1.6 grams per kilogram. So that's only because that's what the science says uh, to convert it to pounds. So let's say you weigh, let's just put a number out there, 200 pounds and kilograms. That's let's just call it hundred because it's, it's divided by 2.2. So we'll call it hundred. So you need about 160 grams of protein per day in order to meet that threshold. Yeah. So if yeah. I'm, I'm weigh 165. We can so just yes. d- divide that by two, just to give it a, a rough number. 
and then yeah. multiply by 1.6. We'll call it 130, give or so take. 130 grams of protein a day is what I would need, is what you're saying. Yes. Approximately. And that 1.6 is that minimum threshold to help with longevity. That isn't just me taking a number. That's what the research says. 1.6 is the, the, the low end. The higher end is 2.2 grams. So that'd be a gram of protein per pound, but you don't really need that. That hasn't been shown to have any longevity yeah. or ergogenic effect. 1.6, you're, you're doing solid and you'll do just fine. Yeah. So that's amazing, man. So, I mean, cause then I think about, you know, as you age too, it's like, it's harder. I've been blessed with genes and I've stayed skinny, but like, you know, as I'm getting older, you start to see things that uh, change more than they did when you were 35 versus 45. Right. So how do we focus on not eat? So eat a lot, eat a lot of protein, which could argue that's going to make you gain weight, but then, but, in, but we need it. So how do we do that? And then stay skinny exercise, right? So protein is one of the thermic effects of food. So it actually burns the most out of carbs and fats and alcohol. So it actually keeps us satiated, but it's also one of the best tools to burn up that extra energy we have. So it won't cause you to gain more weight. It actually has been shown when they actually do calorie restrictions, having a higher protein has been the one that's actually helped maintain the muscle mass. Okay. Now, in order to do all this, it's, it's a lot to think about, right? So my goal is to make it so that they don't have a lot to think about. So you want to have that protein. You want to have it every three to four hours so that you stay satiated and keep that muscle building switch on for that longevity reason. So how do you not put on the weight? Follow that simple plate method I mentioned earlier and follow that 80% of the time, right? Let's just keep it simple. I, I like to keep things very simple and use things that we that. have on hand, which is our hands, right? Most people have two hands and they can measure out their portions just by using right. their hands. Yeah. And you're doing this, you're following, you're eating your own or taking your own medicine. I mean, the 80% time and, you know, again, you can have your occasional bourbon and all that, but you're doing the things that you need to do daily uh, to live the life that you want to live based on your goals. Brett, I do it because I was able to see elite level athletes do it that went to the Olympics that have been to the World Series because I, I was able to educate them on it and I saw them do it. And yeah. it's not only living my life, but it's being the best performer I can be for my family. And I want to teach that to so many others because as we know, we get so many outlets of nutrition, but where is the right source? What's going to actually help us live longer, happier lives? So that's why I use that 80-20 rule because we need that 20%, Brett. Yeah. And sometimes we hear these extremes, these fad diets, and even going back to that culture being an obstacle, right? So many people cut out their favorite foods, and then they decide to do a diet that's not meant for them. And then they end up being unhappy, and that's what causes them to go over and over and over against these diets. Yep, yep. So let's recap. So 80% of my meals need to be one palm of protein, one fist of carbs, two fists fruits and veggies. Um, check the omega threes. It sounds like a lot of people need to be taking omega threes anyway, but you can do the blood work, um, eat mostly plants and I'm going to have around 130, 140 grams of protein per day. So people listening can do the math on their own weight. And that's going to help. Not only will you not, I'm not guaranteeing, we're not guaranteeing that you won't gain weight here, but you know, that's going to help you not gain weight because it's going to burn more of the fats and this, the bad stuff that we're putting in our body uh, by doing that every three to four hours. Um, so that, that's a big deal. Your favorite bourbon is some, uh, Cash strength, uh, yeah, <laughs> Blantons, stuff, you know, Blantons, yeah, and so that that carb to fiber ratio, the one three seven for the uh, beef jerky. Take a look at that stuff. The core power drink. Um, if I could, uh, last kind of last question for me here, Tony. If I could pull one thing away, if I, if I was going to pull one thing away from your habits that you do every day, what's that one thing? Like it's it's the master of them all. What's the one thing that you hope I tell you? Okay, he's holding up water for those of you listening. He's holding up water. That's the most important thing for you that if I took it from you so you can never do it again, that's the biggest one. Hydrate or dehydrate because so many of us are chronically dehydrated and we don't know it. So many people, when I start with yeah. them, they start drinking the correct amount of water. They start to perform better. They start to think clearer because we're chronically dehydrated. Then we have the other end of the spectrum where people over drink water where I have these jars of peas on my desk, which I'm going to show you now. Uh, this one is clear pea. This one is a hydrated pea, which is like lemonade. And finally, I have one that is a very dark urine. Um, of course, it's not actual urine, Brett. But when I was doing a talk to fifth graders, I wanted to keep their attention. When I told them I had jars of pee on my desk, they all looked at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, this guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that clear urine that we see is a great way to, to see if we're actually hydrated. 
means we're actually not getting enough of that sodium, potassium, magnesium, and chloride we were talking about earlier. So that means you're not getting those electrolytes and that constant urination, especially if you're waking up in the middle of the night, probably means you're not getting enough of the electrolytes to actually absorb the water or you're drinking too much at certain points in time yeah. because you want your urine to look like lemonade. If it looks like apple juice or clear, you're doing something wrong. So if you were yeah. to take away my hydrate or dihydrate, as I like to say, that would be the one thing that I think would be a biggest impact on anyone. Are you adding electrolytes to your water? Yes, absolutely. Especially being in Florida. You've been down here. You know the humidity. Yeah. I'm sweating out like a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, right. So what do you add? Like, is that like little droplets? Is it like a little packet? Like, what do you personally do? And you I don't have to say like, the brand if you don't want, but. Yeah, I, I like to add an electrolyte packet. There's a couple out there that I like. Um, one is Element. L-M-N-T is a good one. I oh, like yeah. The Propel. I like the uh, Gatorade Zeros are some of the ones I've been currently using because I don't need that ad added sugar because I'm not training for a marathon. The kind of physical activity I do, I might be able to add a little bit of those carbohydrates, but I'd rather get them from a food source versus a liquid beverage. But again, someone who doesn't like to have those liquid or like to eat anything before workout, I like to recommend those liquid hydrating beverages because you get a little bit of carbs and you get the electrolytes. Perfect for the golf yeah. course as well. Yeah. So if I'm drinking and I'm holding this Yeti thing up, I don't know how many ounces this is. Let's call it 16 ounces. Are you doing the electrolytes in every one of these? If I drink seven to 10 of these a day. So am I doing that in every one of them or just like in a few of them? I would say one to two. One to two of the seven. So if I did seven bottles of or Yetis a day, um, then I'm going to do one to two of those with electrolytes in them. Especially if you eat a whole food diet because you're missing out on salt, right? The good thing about yeah. processed foods, which you probably never hear anyone that's in the food space say, is that it does have that sodium, yeah. which helps us retain water, right? So if you do a whole food diet and you're not adding salt to your food, you can definitely get it from just adding it into the, your hydration beverage. So what do you think? I take, so my water in the mornings, I take a, a couple pinches of uh, salt. I can't, uh, what's the salt? I t uh, I'm drawing a blank on what it is. The sea salt type stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm putting that into my water. And you like, you like that? I okay. love that. That's probably the best way. You don't have to name drop any brands. You can add yeah. salt to your water and that is the best way to go about it, Brett. Yeah. Okay. So it's good. So I just keep it right in my little, we have an island in our closet there. I just put two pinches in the morning and... Out I go, and oh. I haven't finished by the time I get to the office. A little salty, of course, obviously, <laughs> uh, but it but it's good. Adds yeah, a little spice to that. my water. And well, Tony, this has been drinking, awesome, man. Oh. What? Um, where do our listeners find more of Tony Castillo? Absolutely. They can go to nutritionfp.com backslash COS, which stands for Circuit of Success. Since I was on this podcast, they can go down awesome. on that page, and they can find three things. The first one is an executive wellness assessment so they can assess how well they're actually doing the second thing on there is a habit tracker that i give out with the video it can help you change your habits in 30 days and the final thing on there is if they found this talk useful and they want to know more about me they can schedule a call with me so that's three things on there they can check it out at nutritionfp.com backslash cos which stands for circuit of success <laughs> i love it we'll put all this in the show notes man we will send people your way tony it's been great having you on the circuit of success man tons of takeaways here and uh I'm going to go home and coach some sports tonight, but I'm going to check my, uh, my uh, omega-3 uh, you know, stuff first to make sure we're in the right, right direction. Let me know, man. I'd love to, to help you. and Just let me know what your levels are, and I'll give you some tips. All right, brother. Thanks so much, man. It's great having you. Same. Have a great one.